I guess uh, let's just start this off by saying I'm freaking stoked for this team. I am hitting the button. I am going full on hype. Is that is that fair to say? I've been watching a lot of duck football. I don't know about you. Uh, uh, Aaron, have you been watching much? I mean, uh, we should break down your role here. You are sound engineer first. <laughs> you are duck fan second. And then you are duck watcher and knower of what's going on third. Does that sound Fifth. about right? Fifth. Fifth. Oh, what's what's the third and the fourth then? Everything else. <laughs> the world. Everything <laughs> else. World and then Okay. I think I watched this game live because it started at six thirty or some shit or six. I think I'm on the exact same boat. I think I'm on the full on hype mm. as well. Because Boy, howdy, that seemed like the accurate kind of game we should have. Absolutely. And Aaron, so let's get, I want to, what's giving me hype here, and what I imagine you, we started this podcast in 2017. That was basically your real introduction into the world of college football, was it not? Does that sound about right? Yeah, like, completely. You didn't, you didn't have. I'm much. actually sitting here trying to be like, what year? I would make, <laughs> and I don't know. So you probably know better. Yeah, but well, I will go. say, here's mm-hmm. what's great: is I would say I probably didn't really start paying attention for another two and a half years. 2019, like halfway yes. through the 2019. That it sounds like, right. Yeah, maybe in the in that summer, that off season when we were having a really great time on the old episodes. Yeah. Now it's all business. Now it's now it's goddamn business because Dan Lanning's here. Um, no, Maybe. so we started 2017, the Willie Tiger era. We had left the Mark Helfrich. You're such right. a summer child. You didn't. You don't even know the Mark Helfrich era, really, or the end of the Chip Kelly era, right. uh, which is what makes this this huge game coming up against UCLA. Not this week, but the next week. <laughs> That's it's gonna feel pretty damn huge, Wait. honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is UCLA that we're coming up against next, right? Mm-hmm. We got bye, and then we got UCLA. Do you think the bye week will affect it? I think the bye week will affect it huge. And what's I what I really like? Also, what? Oh, sorry, really... I meant to add uh, negatively or positively. Which way are you leaning? Because I sometimes think a week off is bad, mm-hmm. but if they've been playing, they've been playing at a very high level. So some recoup is probably good. Well, this is the thing too; they get a week off too. They actually plan this. Kudos to the Pac-12 because they made it so this is actually going to be a pretty good matchup, specifically because both of us get a bye week going into it. Oh, both teams have a bye. Wow. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's not that way. But, right. Uh, yeah. And then, like, Chip Kelly, he is so, like, say what you will about Potato Chip, as you always call him. Well, I have to. Um, you're, you're not a fan, we know. and But I know and, and respect him enough to fear him. Okay. Sure. 
just like I do real potato chips. And yeah, that's also true. So Chip Kelly, he if you give him a week to plan, he can make you look sometimes make you look really embarrassing. And every single time he's been here since he's become head coach, since he's you know every time he's played the Ducks, he has really brought it to him. Um, not not the first time we played, but ever since then, it's like we were lucky to escape. And like last time, DTR got like hurt. And, but it still came to, like, the final drive. Like, we've been lucky to escape. At the same time, this is the best team we've had seemingly in a while since that 2019 team that got you so intrigued there. Because, like, when, I want to look at the hype here, why we're a little hyped, okay? Right. 2017 Willie Taggart. Now, I was forcing myself to be hyped. I, I mean, I was a bit of a summer child there, too, because I wasn't very used to us having to hire outside. We would always promote, you know, like w from within, we would get our head Oh, coaches. no shit. And it was a really good system because, I mean, we had like, um, you know, we had Rich Brooks to Mike Bellotti, Mike Bellotti to Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly to Mark Helfrich. And, like, that goes all the way back to, damn, like, you know, the 70s. <laughs> or not really, to the uh, 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, to the 70s. Yeah, I, I knew. Never second-guess my, myself. I got to remember that. I got to yeah. be like Bo Nix, my hero. He just does it. He just scores the touchdown or throws the pick six. Man, Either way, he's scoring. You keep dropping little nuggets of things I want to talk about, but I know we need to go through this history lesson real quick, so hit me with it. Yeah, yeah, you. okay. Sorry about that. Back to <laughs> – so – so all that happened, but then Willie Taggart, and I was I was rallying up, you know. I was like, oh, Willie Taggart, he's going to be great. We all know how that ended up. Uh, old Turnhill Will, Slick Will, um, one year, one and done. And yeah. he goes to his dream job, the curse of Oregon head coaches. And then Mario Cristobal comes in. We promote from within that staff, which was a little risky. And... Aaron, didn't it feel like that whole time? I mean, 2019 was different because the defense was very good, specifically that secondary. Kayvon Thibodeau was very effective when he was on the field. Um, it was just a really good team in general, and we had Justin Herbert, and the receiving core kind of, like, woke up. Uh, you know, C.J. Verdell was very fun to watch. And so, like, that team was really good, but still the offense always felt like it was like there was kind of like a lid on it. Or, like, it wasn't just, like, truly explosive to the point where it was, like, you know, I was doubting Herber at that point. I mean, I mean know, every, you should because he was bad. He wasn't, he wasn't, like, I wouldn't say that. That's Those are your words. I would definitely never say that, certainly on a next podcast. Plus, he was, it was, like, he was good, but the system was holding him back. Huh. And, like, this is the first oh. time. You know? That's what I think, and this is the first oh, time. Oh shit! Have I been wrong this whole time? Was it the coaching? I kind of think so. Okay, quick divergence because this was one thing I did want to bring up. Basically, what I wanted to get time. to is just that that this is the first time since like basically Mark Helfrich. Yeah. Um, that I felt really good about the offense. That it's just like the lids off. The, the yeah. kick ass is out. So, what this last game did to me mm -hmm. was make me go i want to learn as much as i can about our coaching staff nice. <laughs> like i want to learn their philosophies on coaching i want to learn what their standards and practices are <laughs> you know what i mean just to be like 
they've got it humming. It seems like. I I think so. Well, I'll tell you this, Kenny Dillingham. The system is good. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I love that. That's why you're on this freaking show, man. Yeah. T- Kenny Dillingham, you know, he was a risk, right, as OC, and it did feel like uh, like maybe there's a little cronyism, possibly. Like, if things were going to go bad really quickly, it was going to be because, like, well, Dan Lanning hired his old buddy, you know, from but Memphis, I think, I believe. But I mean, you know, 2020 hindsight or whatever, but at the yeah. time, I didn't feel that way. I was like, oh, this is the guy he likes. This is his golden opportunity to bring everybody up with him. Mm-hmm. Go for and it. Like, Fuck it. And it was that. And it's like, in a lot of ways, just like the way we brought up Chip Kelly, who was our offensive coordinator, and we decided to take a little bit of a risk on him. But there was like the best part about it. I mean, it proved out to be he was like an offensive genius. But um, on top of that, it was more like, he already knows where everything is. He knows the coaching staff. He knows how things works. And, like, Dan Lanning was just starting, you know, his entire head coaching career. And he wanted a guy that he was familiar with, like, offense, like the offensive yeah. mind of it. And clearly, Kenny Dillingham was hungry for it. And I'll tell you this, dude. So, ASU, Herm Edwards, he's out. You know, they fired him. Right. Um, and suddenly... Like that, people are even talking about Kenny Dillingham because like, he has some some connections there. So I'm being like, fuck hey, off. maybe he'll be the head coach. And Get like, the fuck damn. out of here! No, he's ours forever. He's ours. I definitely want. I mean, family. It seems simple what he's doing, almost right. Where it's just like, well, first of all, tight ends, baby. I love how many. I mean, we we got that big jumbo package. You know, when we're on that line, and then suddenly we look way bigger. It's because we're bringing yeah. like Connerly. And like uh, Patrick well, Herbert, yeah. Justin's brothers coming out, and he's playing fullback, blocking out there. Like, yeah. It also doesn't stuff. hurt that we have a running back that can just stomp down the field. Dude, we have multiple running backs. Running backs, yeah. But uh, specifically, Bucky Irving and yeah. Noah Whittington are real like thud dudes. They yeah, fun to watch. <laughs> so, really, I mean, the funny part about it is that. It feels like we're in that magical moment where the coaching and the talent have matched each other perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, defensively, there's a little bit of an issue. Would you agree on that? Why? I think, I mean, not particularly coming off of this game, do I think, like, oh, that was a bad defensive performance. I think we, like, let up a lot in the second half. Or for specifically for like two plays that really altered the score here. But um I think if there is I guess it's just that the offense is doing so well that mm-hmm. I think the defense that's where like if we were able to fine tune that if we were able to shave a well, touchdown off, you know, every game sure. or something like that. But yeah. okay, so that team was it Arizona State? It's already been so long. Arizona, the Wildcats, my dear. Right, boy. the Wildcats. They immediately showed themselves off to be that team that is like fair to middling, but they take deep shots mm-hmm. and they're fair to middling, but they hit them sometimes. And sometimes you're like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we already knew that was going to be a case. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't know. 
that I uh I don't know that the defense was all that bad. Oh, I don't think I, so. Not in at this least, game, yeah. Yeah, everything that I saw, I ex I was like, well, this all seems to be expected from this kind of an offense. Mm -hmm. So well, and it seemed like we were just managing it. It was one of those we can score goals faster games. Absolutely. And that seems to be kind of the game plan as well as like, look, we can score games. We can score goals faster. I think this season, uh, you know, like I was saying, like going into this season, it's like a lot of the reason why people have so much like hope for the defense is because we have a defensive minded coach but not only that but it was like a lot of times a defense can gel quicker than an offense even it but like on paper the offense looked really good the offense is like boom like way better than last season both because people are like you know got another year on them but also i truly believe because Chris Ball is in here. <laughs> Who, by the right. way, Chris Ball is having like a terrible season at Miami. Like a truly, of course he truly is. terrible season. Yeah. Of course it's he curse. is. Curse. If you leave Oregon for your dream job, you're going to look like a fool. Well, guaranteed. Yeah. Shit's different in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Well, Miami. Yeah. And like he's getting paid so much at Miami, but we'll see how that Oh, maybe out. he's just like paychecked. He's like, Deuces. Silent quitting immediately. Gets the job. Silent quits. He's like, I just want um, to live in Miami. Um, yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, but. I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but for this game, like, so the defense, um, but the offense, like, yeah, immediately, like, they, they are off to the races. And that is a huge part because Bo Nix is just locked in. He knows this thing. Like, he is. This is why you got a veteran quarterback. I mean, to transfer into the system. It's like, oh God! But I was so sad in this game too because it's like he's going to be gone in a year. He's going to be gone. A lot of people are like, because he does have eligibility if he wanted to come back. But I want to just put. I just no, want to like got an NFL season building up right now. Yeah, he's, he's he's building up that fucking resume, baby. Yeah, and I I seriously think. From the sounds of it, from interviews, from what I've heard and stuff like that. It's like he's already married. He's living here like one year. You know, like his goal is like, I'm sure he likes Eugene, but I don't think he wants to live here one more year. You know, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. There's is uh, There's is Eugene things. a place where you would raise a family? Absolutely. It's a really good place. To raise well, then family. maybe he'll stay because if we yeah. can get him into that mindset, uh -huh. what we could have here is direct <laughs> control of a baby that we can <laughs> form into the greatest quarterback of all time so that in 20 years time, yeah, we have just this rock star. <laughs> we'll be... I I'll be 60 and I'll be like, we made this little fucker. <laughs> I don't know where you made this jump to like, we'll have complete control over this child and we made <laughs> well, this because we won't have anything to do with it if he decides to stay here. I think sure. I think we should Eugene, pull the strings. Eugene yeah, will mm -hmm. mold him into this quarterback of legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert. You're already talking about the quarterback of legend. Yeah, now that you've opened up my eyes to the system, I guess I'm just ready to receive it now that maybe he was great and it was the system that failed him.
Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, hey, he got us to the Rose Bowl, so it was a complete failure. And speaking of things that uh, Cristobal gave to us that we should actually thank him for, uh, including that Rose Bowl victory, our offensive line is keeping things so clean back there that that is really the main reason wow, why great Bo Nix. Yeah, why Bo Nix is able wow. to just like. We've had one sack this entire season and it was kind of like an iffy it was almost not a sack and then we've had zero negative plays in this game right i do that blew my mind (laughs) like uh, there's not much to talk about this game but don't worry listeners we got a guest coming on and we are gonna go over this game with a fine-tooth comb but like this game was such a beat down that there's not a whole lot you know like yeah well, let's transition because here's my big question about UCLA. Mm-hmm. They're going into this undefeated, correct? Yes. Which seems an unfair askewment of the situation because maybe their schedule didn't have Georgia in the first week because we were playing Georgia, so they've had an easier schedule. How much does that matter, that undefeated mark? Should we be concerned about that? I per- well like the the good thing about the undefeated mark. I think there's only positives about them being undefeated. Is because, that it could break at any time? Yeah, well I mean it's like it makes it so even though our schedule is harder purely because Georgia was on it, you know. Um they uh it's nice that it's like so they're coming to Eugene. They're ranked as of right now one spot. This game is in Eugene? This game is in Eugene, of course. Yeah. In Eugene, so that's a huge advantage. They're ranked one spot higher than us at this moment. We got one week of rankings before then. We'll we'll only go up though. If we do, if anything happens, we'll only be going up. Um it probably will not be game day. Which is, you know, the way they choose, like, the official most important game and make a big spectacle out of it and stuff like that. It, I don't believe it will be, unfortunately, even though it totally should be. Um, So they're coming to Oregon. They're undefeated. And it, I feel like it's just good just because it's we want our players thinking that the media and everyone else thinks that these players are better than them. You know, we want that chip on the shoulder. We want them to, like, get rallied for it, not to be like, we're favored, we're better, we can sleepwalk past this. Not that I necessarily think that would happen, but, um, yeah. And UCLA, so this is a good time just to kind of, like, go into their season, what I've seen so far. Well, and a lot of their games have been, like, during our games. But, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to ask you a quick question before we deep dive. What's that? Is uh, that means the third quarter dance? What's gonna happen? Uh, who knows? I mean, hey, on that hub, what's that? Put a bub on that hub? Yeah, has there been more hubbub? <laughs> Not yet. Well, because it's only been like at Autzen is when we're playing that music, you know, and right, which is coming up. Autzen. So yeah, who knows, dude? Maybe it's like if we play a clean game. But at the same time, it's like I get being like, "Hey, the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter how how big this the lead is or anything. Fourth quarter's coming up. Like this, is like pay yeah, pay attention to get locked in. Don't be dancing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens though. Um, I I'm mean, intrigued. It's kind of intimidating though, too. Yeah, I think it's 
I think it's fine either way, honestly. If that's how he wants to run the program, fine, whatever. Who cares? It's just a silly dance. It's a traditional thing. Let the audience, let the fans have it, you know? What I do like, Players though, don't need to be having it. Is the hubbub of being like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know, like being like, well, oh, if that shit's kind of not stirring, we should be on Twitter right now talking solely about it. Because, come on, that is the biggest news of this upcoming game is going to be what's going to happen with the dance. That's a very good, very, very good point, Aaron. Here's Thank what you. I say. Mm -hmm. If we're up by if we're up by two scores. And the field goal. So if we're actually up by two touchdowns and a field goal, mm -hmm. I say let them dance. But come on now. If we're up by less than that, no dancing. If we're down by 21 or more, yeah. dance. <laughs> I kind of get that, actually. Yeah, that, if we're down by point. seven, no dancing. It, yeah, you know I mean? no. Just gauge it. That is a good like, point. It's all about will the dance hurt or help the performance as it's needed in the fourth quarter. And at the same time, like, I totally answer. agree with you. At the same time, I can also see why Dan Lanning's like, fuck this. I yeah, don't got sure. time to be thinking about if this pep dance is going to give us enough pep. Well, I know? hope he's putting some level of philosophical input yeah. into his teachings because, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, in the end, the ability to work well together in teams. See, and so, we we found your role... This would be your actual role. What we need is uh, team guru. Like I, See, that's team, what I need to be doing. Team vibe checker. Yeah, you know what I that's mean. That's why I want to learn about the coaching staff more, and as far as like their history and or what kind of things they do. Like who are are they emulating in their coaching style, and then learn about those coaches and understand then. This greater level of philosophy that we'll I get can them on the show. Go, Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're gonna do this. Well, let me Hook tell you, you see Matrix because I want to go in. Just so you know, I mean, this is in two weeks. We're talking about UCLA too much, but I mean, this is what's on our mind. This is the yeah. big game coming up. I just want you to know, this is what UCLA has been up to this whole time. They're six and zero. They've you. gone against. This is their really bad non-con, and honestly, they looked pretty sloppy and straight-up bad in a lot of the non-con. Because you got Bowling Green. They're not a great team. I mean, they were really bad last season. Right. Um, and I remember this, this. Yeah, they were really bad. This season, I it's been a while since I've kept up on Bowling Green football. You know what? I don't even fucking care. I don't even care what the record is. They're not that great. Alabama State, 45-7. to You should beat Alabama State, 45-7. to And then South Alabama actually gave him a real game. It was 32-31. to And if not for a fake field goal attempt by the underdog fake? South Alabama. Yeah. It was like uh, they were going to go for the field goal, but then they went for a fake, and it was like pretty bad idea. And like, Could they have won with the, the field goal? Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been huge. Fools. But um, so they end up losing by one point. That's their only loss. So it's like at first that looked terrible. It looked like UCLA was going to be a garbage fire. But South Alabama has actually ended up being a really good team. So that hasn't looked so bad. Um, and then for their Pac-12 play, they've had three games. Colorado, 
Colorado's really bad. They may not win a single game this season. So Dang. That doesn't, doesn't even I count. I hope that's not true because I love the buff men. I know. Me too, dude. They already I mean, fired their head coach. Any place where you can so. smoke-a-thon, I'm yeah. for. I'm for it's, the teams that live there. Pray for Colorado is all I'm saying, dude. Oh, um, except for UCLA. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Our, the the Buffs beat them for, or the Buffs were beaten forty-five to seventeen, and wow. then so Washington, you know, which was having this big game, right? This is this is they have to travel to, uh, I heard Rose Bowl, to Pasadena, you know, to take on yeah. UCLA, and UCLA with barely a home field advantage, they beat Washington forty to thirty-two. It was a big upset. Yeah, uh, they actually, you know, went up to a huge lead in the first half. And Washington had to rally back. Uh, wa- yeah. Washington since then has looked a little bit more mortal. We'll get into that later. But then they went to our Utah had to go and take on UCLA, you know, take UCLA on at home. Right. And spoiler alert for the picks, UCLA won that game. Right. 42 to 32. They're undefeated. Yeah. Utah is not the team they were last year. Let's get into that. They totally aren't the team. But they are a well-coached team. They are decent enough. They got an identity. And they lost, you know, by 10 points to UCLA. DTR has been there for freaking six years. And he's best season he's had by far. He's yeah. really quick. He's making good decisions, good passer. Still, every once in a while, making you know crazy chaotic moves, but which are both good and bad for his team. But he's he's the announcers love saying DTR as well. You gotta say Dorian Thompson Robinson, but yeah, DTR. I mean, that's pretty good, right? DTR. Also, you got Bobo. Bobo is the receiver who's having a great year for them. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, Zach Charbonnet is damn good. He is their running back. Get What's his last him. name? Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Yeah. Get ready for this, too, because he's a big punishing back. I mean, though, really? so that's their, like, big three. And we got so much time to amp up that matchup. But I just wanted you to get ready for it. And oh, plus, you know, I've the, been hyped Chip since. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I've been hyped since the third quarter of the last game. Mm-hmm. Shit, I've been hyped about the UCLA game since like the first quarter of the last game because I was like, "Oh, it's lights out." This is yeah, the I'm end bored. of the game. <laughs> You're like As every Kittler, other. They would fan. say the second quarter began garbage time. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, this is how you know we're talking about this Oregon Arizona game is that. We're quickly talking about work at UCLA just because we're so excited about, you know. Right. And, and this game was like, you know, there wasn't much to talk about. I'm glad that, uh, you know, penalties were not a thing like they were against Stanford. Because that really put a damper on that whole win. Um, Aaron, I believe we'll need to go to a commercial break. Oh. And then after that, you can bet your bottom dollar. That we've got a special guest coming on. Who could honorary it be? Guest you. Who could it be? Who could it be? Could it be someone we have on every week? Uh, we got to think of a better title. Uh, we, we got our resident film reviewer coming on uh, after this commercial break. But first, a word from our sponsor, which is this very podcast that you're listening to. Hey, podcast listener. 
Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here. Yeah. Huh? Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? <laughs> Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account. And gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you're listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the Quack 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet, you got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then, uh, you know, uh, oh, hey, hey, look at, look at this podcast listener on their long inner, inner uh, continental flight. Making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby by covering it up. Wah, wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones. Trying to get the Sky Waitress's attention. Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars, that's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey, let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack! And we are back on quack. Wow. Longer and longer every time oh, we play it. An epic journey. Mm-hmm. We certainly spent many hours recording that. Now, Aaron, we got plenty of time to talk about UCLA, so let's let's put a cork in it, okay? Let's let's stop that. Let's stop the Bruin talk. Because that'll be brewing for a while. Let's get back to the game that was at hand. And that was the Arizona game. And to do that, I yeah. think we should bring in 
our resident film reviewer, as well as Addicted to Quacks resident film reviewer. Whoa, you know whoa. him. You love him. That is right. Hithla Day. How's it going, Hithla Day? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, this is, uh, you know, Oregon's been blowing out opponents and it's it's been nice in the sense that I get to watch, you know, some film on the backups, you know, in particular, the backup offensive line looks pretty intriguing. And, and you know, they're probably gonna have a bunch of departures from the offensive line at the end of this season. So like getting those guys some some playing time is good. But like I posted my article this morning and, and like. I only had about 82 snaps to work with for the entire game before it went into garbage time, which is like, you know, I think this is like the shortest article that I've, you know, written up. And that includes some FCS, you know, opponents. It was uh, Aaron guessed the second quarter was gar- was the beginning of garbage time. Uh, is he correct there? It, it, it got close. No, I I, I marked it at, uh, when when Bucky Irving crossed the goal line to make it 42 to 13. Um, I, that felt like I, it, I yeah. mean, but I probably could have just done it at halftime, frankly, like the nail. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, the remarkable thing is, uh, you know, not just like, you know, not not just the fact that like Oregon scored seven consecutive touchdowns in, in this game, but, you know, the way that Arizona had to Oregon had a dominant rushing attack. That shouldn't be a real surprise. Arizona's rush defense is terrible. Oregon's rush offense is amazing. But Arizona mm. starts out the game in a cover two look, which is good for stopping deep passes. And then, you know, Oregon shredding them with the run game. So they spin down one of the safeties. Um and that doesn't really help. Uh, you know, in fact, I've got a clip in my article of like, here's one of the snaps in which they spin down one of the safeties in order to help with the run. And he actually beats Troy Franklin's block to get inside to, you know, to, to, to stop the run. And then Bucky Irving just runs over him and then kind of like, <laughs> like crawls like a three legged dog for another six yards to turn it into an eight yard gain. And it's like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Wildcats. <laughs> you know, so then they spin down the second safety and now Oregon's just hitting deep shots over them. So it's like, that had the effect of shortening the game even faster, you know, because like now Oregon's like, well, fine, you don't have any safeties in the backfield. I'm just going to drop some, you know, dimes, you know, way behind the defense and, and, and pick up, you know, like 40 yard, you know, passing games. And now the, it's like accelerating. So like, yeah, um, I, I know I've said it a million times, but like the first thing that you have to do in any football game is run and stop the run. Um and, you know, if you if you can do the former, the game's over. If you can't do the latter, the game is over. And this game really illustrated that. Hell, yeah. I loved every minute of it. Um, so I understand that we were trying some uh, kind of like different looks defensively because we knew what Arizona was good at, which was that passing mm. game. It seems I mean, on paper, it seems like it worked out very well. And it ended uh, allowed us to use some like different personnel in the defense for the defensive backs. Uh, wh- what were your observations with that, that? That was interesting. So it's not it's not simply Arizona's passing attack is phenomenal. It, it it's good, um, but it's specifically good at one really one thing, which it's just that they have like four different dudes who can do it. And so like, it's very difficult to take it away. So specifically what that is, is about the, like the 12 yard dig route. So, you know, basically the receiver, you know, runs vertically and then on a dime breaks and, and runs 
horizontally inwards and like right over the quarterback's eyeballs. And, you know, and, and that's the easiest throw in the world for a quarterback, right? It's like, it's right in front of him. He doesn't have to like compute mm. arcs and trajectories and, and angles or anything. It's just like throw the ball directly in front of your face. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, and they've got like four really good receivers, each of whom can do that. And so it's like good luck stopping all four of them from from doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And so Oregon did something really interesting in this game. They for a, they, they only had 36 meaningful snaps. So like this is on, on the defense. So this is like a little tough to extrapolate, but like on 12 of them. So a third of all of those snaps, they played a different defensive configuration than they had shown at any point prior in the year, which is a, it's a Mm. modified 33 stack. And I say modified because a, the three inside linebackers are not directly over the, 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 the three defensive linemen, which is where stack gets its name. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you just imagine three defensive linemen and then directly, you know, on top of them, three inside linebackers, that's what a 33 stack traditionally looks like. And this was the the Oregon's linemen were a little more spread out um, and the, the inside linebackers were a little more compacted at the beginning of the snap. And then sometimes they'd flip that around. So it looked more like a trapezoid than a rectangle. Um, uh But then the other thing was that like one of Oregon's quote unquote defensive linemen was actually an outside linebacker. So like it's a two, four stack. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, um, can I ask a quick sidebar question Mm -hmm. on that? Is there a set of boundaries and or rules in which you're allowed to move the players before it becomes like somehow illegal formation? The, The defense has no such. So whenever you're playing with how you build a play, where they stand is kind of arbitrary. You On the defense, that's true. The offense has rules for how they oh. uh, have to line up and who needs to be set at the snap and who's okay. allowed to be in motion and so forth. There's actually fairly extensive rules for the offense. Got it. But the defense, none. They're, they they get to have... We could put everyone on the line or we could put everyone like 30 yards right. back if we is, wanted. However you as want. As long as there are no more Got than it. 11 players, uh, you can do anything you want on the defense. Um uh yeah wild uh wild game my man (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah Oregon and and the point of that was that having more inside linebackers like those are the dudes that you need to provide underneath coverage for those throws over the middle right like so they just sort of they they, sort of like they stand in the way of those throwing lanes and it was fairly effective there's one throw at the very beginning of the game in which Arizona does the you know what I came to think of after doing five games of film study in Arizona as the Arizona throw, they get one Arizona throw off against the the stack defense. Right. It's to it's their third pass of the game. It's to uh, their tight end. Uh, I put the clip in my article, and it's just Sewell is a little too far over, and that's how good Delora is at that one particular thing. Is all you need to be is like a mm. foot off of the lane, and he can squeeze that ball in. Um, like he's just done it. It's like the the ten thousand hours of practice thing. It's just like you know he's just done it so often that like Mm -hmm. that's all the gap that he needs but then they sort of like moved the the linebacker a little bit over you know subsequent snaps and basically every subsequent play that they went to pass they did they were 
somewhat successful in the passing game. You know, they, 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 you know, Oregon was only defensive. Oregon's defensive deficiency against the pass was only 56.5%, which is an above average number, but not an elite number. And considering that they were at like 80% and the other three quadrants of football is just like shame on you pass defense, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, like what they were successful at doing was hitting like short slants and quick hitches, you know, and that's why, you know, Arizona couldn't sustain that over, you know, full field drives, you know, when they had to, instead of getting like 12 to 20 yards, every pass, they were only getting like seven, you know, six or seven yards, every pass, you know, like that's, you know, that, that, that like doubles or triples the number of plays that you need to successfully conduct to march all the way down the field. And Arizona wasn't able to sustain that, you know, especially given that they had zero running game, you know, Oregon just completely shut down their running game with, yes, I know there is an obvious exception. Um, uh, but that, you know, it's funny, like if you exclude their longest run in the game, they Arizona, oh, yeah. Arizona goes down to 2.2 yards per carry, which is like you're basically not running the ball. Wow. If, if that's all. You're well, and there's there's two. If I'm remembering correctly, there are two long runs, right? Yes, there that. Yeah. And the <laughs> really second one is things. in that um that like 30 second field goal drive, which I in the interest of transparency, I'll say I excluded that drive because it's it's not garbage time i guess is sort of a confusing term because it's like well they scored points and they counted and it was before the game was meaningfully decided but like that's non-normal play like they you know oregon knew they, they were just trying to get into field goal range and he's sort of playing a, a prevent style defense in fact the defensive breakdown that happens with the first long run is not the defensive breakdown that happens with the second long run what happens with the, that one during the field goal drive is that they're it's third and eight and they're expecting a pass and they basically got two guys in the box. And then when they run, it's just like, oh, right. shoot, you know, you can do that. I thought only we mm -hmm. could do that. You know? <laughs> 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 so like that's that one is sort of like it's such a situational thing that, you know, I wound up excluding it. The the one earlier is it, it's simply the linebackers in the wrong spot. It, it's it's it's. Sewell and flow and 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 one of them you know gets outside leverage and then the back makes an inside move and so the, he starts to move inside and then the other guy can't get around to the other gap it's a it's it's actually pretty boring unfortunately in my copy of the broadcast video there was like a glitch on that play and so i couldn't put it in my article but i found a tweet of somebody who's standing on the sideline who's just like their camera phone is pointed directly at the linebackers backs and so it shows it perfectly <laughs> so i put that tweet in my articles like Hey, this is sort of like film review. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty interesting. And I know, like, so many people excited about flow. He's got those great crazy eyes mm. that looks like they can just like Dude, freeze a quarterback. That crazy. Okay, so the 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 yeah the the crazy eye post play look the the mm -hmm. play in which he that that proceeded. Uh, uh, or preceded the crazy eye look was uh absolutely yeah. like like i thought i was seeing like something out of a comic book movie like uh like what was that x-men movie where where nightcrawler is like jumping around in the white house or whatever that would be x2 okay. right I yeah. Oh my sick. God. So anyway, like he, it's it's a, Good, it's a cool. it's a it's a wide zone run by Arizona, and the 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 left guard. This clip is in my article. The left guard is supposed to come off of Riley, the, the defensive lineman, and move up to the second level to block Flow. But Flow, like, it's he's he's running, and he looks like a normal human being. And then there is a moment that it looks like he teleports two yards behind 
the left guard. It's like it doesn't like humans shouldn't be able to do that. And, and, and then he like and he tackles the running back. And that's why he goes and looks at the sideline. and looks like a crazy person because he just pulled him like he, he just did like a magic trick like like he, it was insane like watch watch that clip in my article it like it's bonkers he teleports two yards <laughs> that is rad that is rad and then so i mean obviously physically like this is a dude that very much has the potential to be an nfl player um nfl starter uh, are you seeing like basically the result of having been injured all of last season? Oh yeah, season? it's it's very clear and, that his yeah. development is behind. Well, is behind Sewell's, who you know he came in at the same time and with the same talent rating, and and yet mm -hmm. you know he's missed so much playing time. You know, it's very clear that like his, you know his his development is just you know lagged. But like in terms of physical talent, like oh my god, I mean nice uh, i mean he's a wild man you know and like i have seen over the years various like wild man linebackers who like they just play with their hair on fire they're just sort of crazy you know and it's like troy die kind of had that energy uh, sometimes no it's yeah. so troy Dye was pretty or you're saying down. truly i'm saying like like two star like arizona's had a couple of them like uh uh colin schooler mm. Scooby right okay you know where they're just like they're just a, it's just a wild man you know kind of thing like a barbarian style of play but they're like, just but they're like two it. stars yeah, yeah I love it using like sort of wild you know undisciplined you know crazy you can't stop me because you know I'm willing to hurt myself like play to make up for the fact that they're two stars I've never seen it out of a five star you know like Justin <laughs> Flo plays like wild man but he's also a five star who has you know mutant powers to teleport behind linemen <laughs> That's great. That's that is good to hear. Um, so obviously with garbage time, uh, th there's so much you can get out of. What were some of the the tastiest nuggets that you were able to get out of garbage time, especially with like, oh, I, you know, like Dante Manning missing some time and like, like, was there any like on the defense, particularly anything that you got out of that you? Oh, I, I haven't. I'm sorry. I haven't looked at it at all. I, I, I just put it mm -hmm. on the, you know, I just put it on the pile for this offseason project. I'm, I've started um because this Oregon's got a long bye week, I've got a big backlog of uh, a film of other opponents, you know, like, so I I'm going to be able to go back and watch the UCLA versus South Alabama game. Um, you know, Ooh. I, I got to jumpstart on that. You know, I'm going to be able to watch some, uh, you know, like I, I I'm going to be able to watch some of Cal's older. I am increasingly thinking that Cal is the trap game of Oregon's schedule. Um, really? Yeah, it's going to be right. Wow. I mean, think about it. It's going to be right after UCLA, which is probably going to be a big game. It's on the road. It's mm -hmm. a team that sort of is getting overlooked. Um, I don't really think it's a good team, but like that's one of the elements of trap games. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have the opportunity to study a little more of Cal's tape than I otherwise might have um, because I got a, basically a free day um <laughs> because i wasn't looking at the garbage time tape so sorry to to answer your question in a with a non-answer but hey, hey it, it might produce better um articles in the future hey no worries were you at least excited to see jaleel florence i did get to see jaleel florence in non-garbage time yeah. um you know he got an interception uh he played relatively well there's a there's a play in my article and we gets beaten a double slant where he and manning both get beat on double a double slant play um and it's like, yeah, those guys are young, you know, yeah, uh, take your lumps, mm -hmm. you know, t take your lumps now 
you know, in games that are ultimately going to be blowouts, I'd rather you be doing that than next year, you know, when you're a starter in the opener. Um, People, I don't know, Duck fans, fans in general of anything, you know, um, tend to kind of hone in on like a particular player, yep. whether they're right or wrong. I think oh right boy. now people are doing that a lot to Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um any kind of like comment on how he was playing this game like any like little like back off or like yes he did that wrong but like what you gonna do well yeah i mean yeah he he gets beat by singer on that sideline route it's the only sideline route they hit but yeah he definitely you know he got beat um and and delore you know places that ball exactly where it needs to be and the singer's you know very quick uh and yeah you know he he definitely does, and to the extent that you want to criticize a cornerback for getting beat, you know, yes, he 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 deserves that. Um, the uh, I will say though, all, all cornerbacks, even the very best ones, you know, Richard Sherman, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, like all get beat from time to time. Uh, you know, the the other guy gets paid too, um, or at least in the NFL, and definitely not in college, right? Um, and. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know the the other thing about him is that oh and i guess there was that defensive holding play that he got called for but then the broadcast never showed the route it was just like people Mm. were just standing around like they never showed the hold and they didn't go to a replay of it and i was just like well i guess i'll take your word on it pac-12 ref um actually if anybody (laughs) was in tucson and saw that play or, or or happens to have like a camera phone video of it i i i would like to take a look um but like, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, that's it. You know, he he played a pretty good game. They were pretty good in coverage. You know, there, there's a clip in my article in which he's he's tag teaming with Gonzalez on um, on, you know, a, a, another deep shot to Tetro McMillan and, you know, knock that ball down. And, and McMillan is so good that even though he's double coverage and they have to leap for the ball, he almost pulls mm-hmm. the ball down like it's only Gonzalez getting inside his guard to rip it away as he's coming down that like prevents that from being a catch you know it's crazy but like yeah no you know Bridges is fine like and I think having watched a little bit more of Manning and Florent uh, in this game you know because we had to right like Oregon was making an interesting move where they were playing three cornerbacks and um and then you know Manning got that targeting ejection in the first half so like you know we saw more of these guys and it's sort of like the the theory that I had back during the BYU game is that Bridges isn't a natural cornerback, but the guys that Oregon has who are natural cornerbacks are young and aren't reliable mm-hmm. yet. And so Bridges reliability is outweighing his, um, you know, his, his sort of physical deficiencies because he's supposed to be playing safety, not corner. Um, and the, he's a bridge at cornerback is what you're saying to Adam, next season. Um, I mean, is he not? Is he not? And, and like, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as time goes on, I'm, I'm getting more and more evidence for that, you know, view. And it's like, what are you going to, you know, you got to make the best of a bad situation. Like, that's just what the the situation that this staff inherited a cornerback because three dudes left when Cristobal left. So, yeah, um, you know, it it is what it is, I guess. Like, you know, but it's not like it's not the end of the world. And like, there are very few teams that Oregon plays that have like multiple receivers that you need to have a total lockdown corner on. Like I, and you know, it just, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, if teams have to hit deep shots to beat you, that means that everything Mm -hmm. else is going, you know, right. Um, teams don't like throwing deep shots, uh, 
you know, against okay coverage, you know, they, they really only try that out because they're backed into a corner. And if you backed them into a corner, you're like most of the way to a win anyway. So mm, it's not, and it's not the way our offense me. is going. Yeah. Yeah. With the way our offense go right now, it's like, okay, well you'll need to hit that shot. Like, regularly hopefully if everything's going according to plan this game was a sellout i really like they claimed that, that anyway they claim it was a sellout. they claim well, there was fifty thousand the people there. They, they claimed that fifty six thousand tickets yeah were i sold. love that it was a... okay but i love that it was empty mm. at a certain oh, point oh yeah by the end of that game they well i mean they've got a lot of stuff to do in tucson let's be fair you know, there's a lot of demands oh, yeah. on the Tucson customers. Uh, there's dollars. leave Tucson. Mm -hmm. There's it's, it's a UNESCO else. food heritage site. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy, actually, yeah, best tamales I've ever had were in Tucson. I like. I, I I don't mean to talk crap about Tucson's food. <laughs> best tamales I ever had were in my kitchen, made by my mom. Mm. So we'll see what happens. Damn, Damn. your recently married mother. Congratulations. My recently married mother, recently Laura Ramos, no longer Lord Chameo. I am the last living Chameo, hmm. except for my two sisters, but not for long. Um, anyways, are, are you anything kill else? Your sisters? To, uh, we can. Yeah, this will be right? scrubbed. If I remember to edit this out, it'll be out. So he's been watching that dragon show too. I much. haven't watched a single minute of that show. They're not going to trick me to get back into Game of Thrones. That's how I feel. That's my <laughs> stance right now. Uh, is there anything else to be said about? Well, how about that? Like, um, Jedfish? Or I mean, like, obviously he gets the like, hey, this program's alive mm -hmm. when it was dead. That is awesome. Are you getting like feelings of like, uh, wow, this guy? He, there really is a lot out of him. He may be out of Arizona soon or something like that, just because like this guy is really turning this program around. Are you just being? Like, Do you mean he's got them to competency? Good do you him. mean he's going to be fired because he's a fraud, or do you mean he's going to be hired away by a more <laughs> prominent program because he's awesome? Hired away. That's oh. what I'm saying. Um, hired away. Boy, I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I hadn't really considered that. Um, I, I guess I just haven't been thinking about the coaching carousel, although I guess we're getting close to the time when I, you should. Hey. Um, Maybe I, Arizona State will I, hire I do think this now. is for real. You know, I, I do. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that Jed fish does clever stuff um I, I think sometimes he's belated to do clever stuff but like you know st belated clever stuff is still better than most back coaches um the mm. talent upgrade um on the offense was real um and painful too like here i'll tell you a story so in 2021 i was you know i was doing film study across the pac-12 and there were a bunch of teams that had disappointing seasons right you know um washington mm -hmm. and usc both went four and eight and fired their coaches um Arizona State won eight games, but there was a point where they clearly just like packed it in. You know, it's like basically they lost to Utah. They couldn't win the division and they were just like not interested in playing football anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And like and and then Arizona was the team that had like the biggest, um, you know, case of all to to pack it in because that was a one and 11 team. And even the one win had an asterisk next to it. Mm -hmm. Um but you know what? When you're watching film, and I know this is going to sound a little fuzzy and unquantifiable, but I tell you what, I've been doing this for a long time, and and, and you can, you can see it. There, you know, motivated players play through to the, through the whistle, you know, like, and they play on every single play, and and they give it, you know, a hundred percent. 
Um, and you can watch teams that have packed it in and you, what you are seeing is they're not giving it a hundred percent. It's not total mental concentration. There's, there tend to be a lot of penalties and, you know, frustration stuff or, you know, guys running the wrong routes, assignment errors, you know, and just like lack of effort. Like you can see it on film. I, I'm not making this up. Like that, that's, not, that's one of those things that I know a lot of silly commentators who don't do film study will just reach for that as an explanation. And they're just sort of bullshitting about it. Like they're, you know, like they, they don't know whether that's true or not. Not really. But like I, I do and i'm telling you um you know there are circumstances in which i i see it and i saw it with usc and i saw it with washington and i saw it with arizona state mm -hmm. last year but you know what team i didn't see it with i've seen it with oregon <laughs> yeah. yeah in the past i definitely have um uh you know what team i didn't not i mean not in 2021 i don't think like i, I think that was in a, a different issue if yeah. you're referring and i'm limiting my comments to 2021 right now um but like uh the the team that I didn't see give up was the team that had the greatest reason to, and that was Arizona. They were playing through to the whistle mm -hmm. for Jed Fish last year. And then here's where this becomes a story. So Arizona, like because I maintain an entire database of every Pac-12 player, um, you know, I'm able to compute what the actual uh, average talent rating on a team is at any given moment. 247 does a team talent composite, but because they're not doing, you know, moment to moment updates of who's actually on the roster, given departures and medical, you know, absences and so forth, like they can't actually do this, but I can. Uh, and Arizona, you know, moved from the, from 2021 to 2022, moved from the last spot up two spots. It was a giant talent transformation, like that they took the biggest step in the entire Pac-12 you know vastly eclipsed everybody else's you know steps and then also a lot of teams step backwards um like washington did for example anyway um but you know what a big part of that talent transformation it's not just bringing in some four stars it's also shedding a bunch of two stars and mm. those those two stars were the dudes who were playing through to the whistle for jed fish in 2021 and then he you know, basically turns around and says, thank you for your service. There's no room for you on the roster anymore because I'm bringing in four stars. And it's like, yeah. that's some big time. Decision yeah, making that's there. That's that why, like, yeah. you know, this is tough. This is a tough business. Um, you know, motivate the hell out of kids and then and then send them on their way, you know, because like Arizona had a ton of people leave through the transfer portal last year um, and and to make room for the, you know, the big talent transformation. It's like, yeah, that's Life he took a big perfectly leagues, good Delora that no one was using, mm -hmm. and he put it to good use. And, and more to the um, point, designed yeah. an offense that limited the ways that Jaden Delora tends to put um, mm. his teams in trouble, um, which, you know, all, also a smart move. Very good point. All right, everyone. So now we're getting into it. We're getting to the one that everyone's waiting for, and that is... Bottom 11. That is right, the bottom 11, the Ducks at the very tippy top of the Pac-12, so all those other schools, well, they must be the bottom 11. Aaron and I made our picks last week. Oh boy. We got the results here. We'll go through them. Oh, boy. Interesting week. Interesting week for the results, yep. too. So let's start it off. The two yeah, sorry. Oh, no worries. This is the game. I was by far most confident in. This was the game I was confident in. Washington State at USC, at number six USC. I thought for sure Washington's defense was going to get there. It was going to, like, get behind that O-line, you know, 
cause some mischief, cause some problems, cause some chaos, make this a close game, certainly have them cover. That was what I was like feeling very confident in. Um, but I also have them straight up winning, as did you. Aaron, unfortunately, that did not happen. I didn't watch this game because the Ducks game was going on. I do believe, right. if I'm remembering correctly. Um, 30-14, to 14, USC wins this, and this is because USC had a really good second half showing, and from what I understand, the ref showed up quite a bit in this game. It must have been very frustrating. Um, basically, Washington's Washington State's offense was just not able to produce anything in that second half. And my, my dear, dear cover... And my win, both of our win, went out the window because USC remained undefeated and uh, a top 10 team, I guess. Bullshit. I guess it makes sense. I mean, they're undefeated. They're scoring a lot of points, but I still have a hard time believing they're a top 10 team, but they're a top 10 team. Got to be good for us. Um, have you seen any of this? They probably didn't really line up too well, well with the, your viewing. But. I, it, it kicked off an hour and a half before the Oregon game, so I got to watch the first half. That's right. And like it looked like a competitive yeah. game in the first half, and then I didn't watch mm-hmm. the second half, and then I looked at the box score, and I'm like, wazoo, where'd your offense go? Uh, you know. Um, yeah. It does look like, yeah, a lot of penalties on wazoo, uh, 11 for 106 yards. It's, you know, double uh, what USC yeah. got. USC's um, offensive performance doesn't look phenomenal here uh six of 15 on third down only 188 travis died yeah but you know but but only 181 you know rushing yards uh for the entire team only 4.5 yards per rush um which is wow. you know not a, not a super number um mm-hmm. and like yeah i don't know i th- i think usc is vulnerable I, I i don't know what happened to washington state's offense in the second half i guess i'd have to watch film and like this is a pretty low priority game because Oregon doesn't play USC and hasn't played Wazoo or has already played Wazoo. So I'm probably not going to look mm-hmm. at this until the off season. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, it does sort of look like USC is not this like world wrecking team. Um, I, I think that's been fairly clear through six weeks. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think so too. Cause it's, it's not like they're a team where it's like they can completely rely on their offense to obliterate everybody. Cause there's still issues on their offensive line. Like, uh, you know, their receivers are amazing. Caleb Williams is amazing. But um, I, I just don't think they're going to, like, guaranteed score so high and th- that you're going to, I don't know. But yeah, we'll I, I mean, I, I would be really interested to find out what happened to Wazoo's offense versus USC's defense in the second mm-hmm. half. Because, like, I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm looking at the box score, no turnovers for USC, and that had been their saving grace. You know, and otherwise, like, bad defense would then, you know, get a turnover and, and like, you know, make them look better than they really were. But that doesn't appear to be the case in this game. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know maybe they found something in their defensive line that they hadn't previously identified or, or what. I, uh, you know, listen to Reign of Troy to find uh, out. Uh, yeah, uh, here we go. So then we got number eleven Utah at number eighteen UCLA. Very excited. I was very excited about this one. Both those games, I was. But uh, those were the headliners. I went with UCLA. You will not back Chip Potato Chip Kelly, as you call him. A little rude, but nope. Um, can't. Do I it. backed UCLA one whole yeah because I didn't like. Utah's offensive weapons 
just don't scare me as much. Cam Rising, he's a good mobile quarterback. That's like his best threat, it seems like, because his offensive, like the passing game just hasn't been there since Keithy's been gone. Um, he's got a great name. Uh, Cam Rising. Yeah, isn't that a good one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but uh, their offense just hasn't, like, scared me as much. Their run game certainly hasn't scared me as much. And their defense isn't there, like, especially without, you know, Lloyd really, like, patrolling it. Like, I, I don't know. It's just not, like, it's basically, like, that same old Utah team, except they're not as good at doing all those same old Utah stuff. You went with Utah. I went with UCLA. DTR had himself a game, having himself a great season. I mean, now's the time to have yourself a really good season if you're DTR. It's been long yeah. enough. And uh, they win this one 42-32. to 32. Uh, UCLA had a real good season behind, as they keep saying, their big three because uh, Charbonnet is really fun to watch too. Got to say that. Um, so I get a point here. They're big three. Uh, what does that mean? That's what they've. That's what the announcers keep saying. They'd be like, on offense, it's DTR, Charbonnet, and Bobo. They may just really they got love more weapons Bobo. than that. Like, I know, but big I mean, three Jake sounds Bobo really good. Hitlade. I think Bobo but only had like a couple of Hitler catches. Is every game, video like... game? Yeah, yeah, no. But his name's Bobo. As every. Yeah, as every video game clearly states, you can only carry three mm. weapons with you mm. at a time, but you can have a whole payload. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so UCLA wins this one. Um, how much uh, – I know you're about to do a whole bunch of UCLA study. Yeah, and day. Utah, you know, that one's later on the schedule. Oh, yeah. It's uh, – what – how do you feel about DTR specifically? What you've seen of him, anyway? He looks like a fifth-year starting a quarterback. You know, he looks like yeah, exactly. You right. know, he looks like you know he was highly talented guy out of high school, and he's played for five years. You know, for the same coach. Like, yeah, this is you know he's supposed to look like this. Um, you know, I the there's you know there's obviously still flaws in his game and 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 but like a lot of the stuff about ucla like you know one of the things i've been rapping chip kelly on the knuckles for for all you know 40 years or previous 40 years at ucla was the, like this like wacky playbook that's like it changes every week and it's got a million plays in it and there's a million different formations and he really sort of ditched all of that for this season you know they're really playing almost exclusively out of 11 personnel he had like one interesting you know um kind of a, a i guess i would call it a pistol till 20 um that he ran a couple different runs out of against washington none really worked and like i i don't think that i saw it again in this game although maybe i will when i actually do film study um but like yeah he's sort of running it's not the oregon blur offense exactly but it it has some elements, you know, and it has the sort of like simplicity thing in common where it's like, you know, really there's only about, you know, a dozen main plays in this playbook and like a couple of them, they're not very good at, but they call too much, you know, like their, their offensive line is just not that good at run blocking. And unless Zach Charbonnet, mm -hmm. you know, does some fun stuff, um, you know, they're really not getting that many, you know, 
they're not getting much in the way of line yards. I guess I'd put it that way. And like, and I think really in many ways, this game, this wasn't a surprise for me for what UCLA wanted to do on offense. It was a bit of a surprise, but maybe not that much of a surprise that Utah couldn't stop them. Cause like, you know, you already mentioned that Utah is down some offensive personnel. You know, I would actually say they're down three different important pieces um, because they, Mm. you know, in the off season, they lost um uh, uh uh Cole Fotheringham the third tight end you know that 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 Andy Ludwig wants to have um and they lost Britton Covey who like finally retired <laughs> after like yeah. 20 years in college football um and and so like they were really putting a lot on Keithy's shoulders and then now he's out for the season with I, I think that that uh surgery surgical issue and uh and like and just like the rest of the team, there's no talent like in there's and like that's been the, the case forever for Utah. Like there's just no talent in the receivers. Andy Ludwig is not interested in throwing the ball to the receivers. He's really only throwing throwing balls to tight ends. Then he's only got one left, you know, one functional one who's uh, who's Dalton mm-hmm. Kincaid, who's, you know, a real great story. He's like an unrated uh, division two transfer uh, or, or FCS, I forget. Um, but like. Yeah. And, you know, he turns out to be, you know, uh, uh, much better than that, you know, indicates. But like Andy Ludwig can't sustain an offense if he doesn't have three functional tight ends. Like, I'm sorry, I've been watching way too much film on this guy to believe mm-hmm. anything else. Um, and like uh, a lot. It was very funny when Utah fans were starting to wake up. So I th- feel like specifically this year, how many were being like, I feel like we're throwing to the tight end quite yeah. a bit here. And it's like, yeah, like they're fine with it. And they, when they've got good tight ends and then all of a sudden they realize yeah. like, if well, if you don't like, what's your plan B and Andy Ludwig's like, Oh, what plan B? Uh, but like, but you already yeah. mentioned that what's sort of disturbing the, like the somewhat surprising, although maybe not really surprising is that like Utah's defense doesn't look good this year. Like it, it you know, like they get some picks. In fact, Clark Phillips got yet another pick six in in what was probably should be characterized as garbage time at the end of this game um but like you know their defensive line is just not scary and like ucla's offensive line is not great like if this were a great utah defensive line they would be doing a lot more than they were in this game like that's and and they lost both of their linebackers you know utah was confident they'd be able to you know replace those linebackers no they haven't at all those guys are not they're not good you know this is they look like washington's inside linebackers which is to say bad um and like and like this is what happens when you have like a you know utah's a much lower talent profile team than the the rest of the teams at the top of the conference and like what happens when you have some busts is you can fall apart real fast like you can go from like being a really and like utah looks like a complete team you know because you know they do put a, a real emphasis on development and having kids in the program for a long time before they're really playing and, and and they have you know their roster is enormous and so they get to rotate a lot of dudes and they can cover up you know sort of problems with freshness you know i, I mean like fresh bodies um mm. and like uh but like it, if it turns out you've got some busts at like the key spots, like, you know, the way that their defense puts everything on their linebackers and the way that their offense puts everything on their tight ends. If you've got some some problems at those key positions, like it can go downhill real, real fast. Um, and I think this might be the beginning of that uh, of of that happening. Um Whittingham last year would have been a pretty good year to retire mm-hmm. on. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into the really fun one. Now, there was two games. Do you remember this, Aaron? That I begged you, can I? Well, no, there was one game. I was like, I want to change. 
my Stanford yeah. pick. And then I made you change you made the me other. Change the other one, so I did both. So yeah. I'll get to the the one you made me change was you made me go with I feel my like you heart. Won both. You made me go with Arizona State. And Aaron, Arizona State pulled off the upset victory with the backup quarterback right. who was kind of supposed to be the starter before Emory Jones got there. But anyways, forty five yeah. to thirty eight. Yes, Arizona State, a, a, I mean, not head coachless because they do have a head coach, but, you know, like zombie Arizona State comes out. And what do they do? What do they do? They do the thing they always damn do. They beat the Huskies in the desert because that's what they do. They always do that. Um, it's one of those things where it's like I don't even take this as – uh, like for the Huskies, I feel like it's it's still like year one. They're coming back from like, you know, what uh, they got a lot of talent, but they're coming back from like a tough situation. You know, what was going on with Jimmy Lake? And, um, you know, they started off really strong. People thought they were a little stronger because of the Michigan State win. But like, I still think they're going like overall good for their program and stuff like that. Like, I think Kalen Boris good coach. I think this loss isn't like doesn't actually mean all that much for their whole endeavor but it's funny as hell and it gets me the win and uh that makes me excited that's about all i have to say about this game yes and i was right oh that i was right too yeah congratulations good job i'm so happy that we did that absolutely deal. absolutely um i don't know <laughs> and then there's i mean there was the oregon arizona game we already talked about that and then there's finally so then there was this Wait, game. Hold on, that's Aaron, all you game. want to say about Washington losing to Arizona State? Oh, what do you got? What well, do you got they, to say? They, they absorbed on, all the desert magic. Like Yeah, for us. Good point. Good they, point. It they, went over the, there. The Pacific Northwest uh, uh, appeased the gods of 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 sagebrush and, and saguaros and scorpions wow. by sacrificing the Washington Huskies to zombie uh arizona state and they they sucked up all, and like i mean there was crazy desert magic stuff happening in this game like Penix throws a yeah. ball that oh. bounces off of his lineman's helmet and then shoots straight right. up in the air and turns into a pick six for arizona state like <laughs> <laughs> that is very true for a team that won by one touchdown that was a pretty chaotic crazy play yeah good play like, it, it was fun to watch hey hithla day what's your sign me? Your sign. What's your my, sign? Like my zodiacal, my dear boy. My, yes. I'm not telling you that. Yeah. Oh, we were so close. We were so close to narrowing down his location from that. Um, we'll get to the final one. Oregon State at Stanford. This game was late as hell. It wrapped up at like 11:40 or something like that. I was watching it. I was having a great time. Oregon State did not look good at all. Stanford looked good compared to Oregon State like they were leading the whole time not like comfortably but by just what the what you were seeing on the field it was comfortably like it just didn't feel like Oregon State had it in them um apparently apparently they also had a, a hard time with like a long snapper or something like that. Yeah, their, so like the kicking their game long snapper off. had uh, some sort of like For cut or something on his hand. And so he couldn't reliably snap the ball. Cause apparently you can't wear gloves uh, to do like you have to, oh. I, I'm not, I don't really understand, but they couldn't use, use their long snapper. And so like, Oh, guess what? Your long snappers in on a bunch of different types of plays. He's in on punts. He's in on uh, yep. extra points. He's in on field goals. So like, those are like, 
those are those are tools that those are like strategic tools that coaches you know make decisions on and so all of those got taken away so it's like well we got to go for two every time and we can never punt and we can't get which was nice like because at first yeah at first it was like scary because it looked like jonathan smith was like a boneheaded decision because he was like down two touchdowns he scores one and then he goes for two and you're like what the wait hold on is mark helfrich out there what's what the hell is going on um but it was you find out later because of that so then they're down eight points i do believe um like stanford oh yeah so then they score again uh they're so they're down by i don't know by some you know like not a full touchdown length. stanford goes they like are killing the clock they they hit a field goal i do i do believe or something like that so they're up is all i'm saying um Oregon State needs a touchdown to win the game or something like that. I mean, they're not kicking the field goal, <laughs> that's for sure. And so they're going right. on this miraculous like final drive, and it, it doesn't really feel like they got it in. Um, backup quarterback, because Nolan's still out. I, I don't know. State, I think it might be this... a decision at this point. Like I, I think that Smith oh, yeah? may have just pulled the trigger and switched starting quarterback. Hey. Fair enough. Hey, Smith, I'm not going to argue with him ever again. He's a genius. And so, like, he just kind of chucks up this, like, YOLO ball, just, like, kind of, like, to the sideline. Like, the guy is covered. Like, there's a Stanford defender there. But um, my man, Olga State Beaver receiver, grabs this ball kind of, like, just past the Stanford receiver's helmet, like it looks so it's crazy. A really it's strange, like the, crazy the, catch. The, the the cornerback is just sort of standing still, and the ball is on top of his helmet, and the receiver takes it yeah. off of the top of his helmet. It looks like you know when the uncle pearls a quarter from the five year old's ear. You know, like look, I have magic. Pa-. Yeah, it's like it, it right. looks like he pulled a football out of his helmet, and he's like, "Oh my god, uncle!" <laughs> Grabs that. It would have been amazing for him just to, you know, be like, oh, I'm getting out of bounds. Wow, we're in such great territory. But he grabs that, goes out. The other, the Stanford safety was thinking about his next final or something because he was just not in the spot where he needed to be, I guess. Because my man <laughs> goes all the way down, scores. There's 13 seconds left in the game. They win the game. Stanford. Wow. I, I chose Stanford in this because this is the one I switched on. I thought I had it. I thought it was a genius. No, I am not. Or they lose. This is like their tenth or eleventh straight FBS loss wow. for Stanford. Yeah, they Oregon State gets a sneaky win because Jonathan Smith is awesome. I, yeah, I actually assumed you also won this no. one because I was just paying attention through the updates of our game. I mm-hmm. think, and it was like, oh, that's a Dunzo's deal. Absolutely. No, it was not. Yeah, exactly. It was a really funny game. Uh, for funny. the. Yes, I and got like one. you got to see the rare, Not my rare season. Stanford fan out there, and like you got to see them upset. It was kind of nuts. It's like a nature documentary or something like that. Um, anyways, so I got one, two, three. Yeah, I got three right. You, on the other hand, got a mere two right. Come on, Aaron. You got Oregon. You got Oregon State right. That's it. Tough. Season. So I'm at thirty-seven. You are at thirty-one. We're on a bit of a time crunch, so I'm going to just run through this next segment if y'all don't mind. But blast absolutely. Em. Speed round. That segment would be the picks. The picks. Yes, yes, yes. Making a comment here. Okay, I'm best when I have to think fast. So, well, I got to put on background music, even if even if there is a time crunch. 
Oh my goodness, we're burning time, okay. baby doll. Here we go, Aaron. So, we've got to start it off. Washington State at number six USC. Please allow me yeah, to pick first since week. I have the lead. Yes, it is because we just talked about that game. But I would still pick Wazoo even if I had. I was about to say Wazoo right after that. Here we go. Week seven, Funny. no Oregon game. Cal at Colorado is where we start off. 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 network. Aaron, let me do you a favor again and tell you Colorado is bad. They bad. ain't winning anything. And their mascot. They may be Cal. Chip. Chip Buffalo. And their mascot is named Chip. Not the white mascot. Yeah, but the human one. The cute well, one. Well, Adam, you have to pick first. Yeah, I got to pick first. I'm picking Cal. Absolutely, Cal. Cal. We're both picking Cal, of course. Lock of the week. Um, after that, we got Arizona at Washington. So, Desert going up to Seattle. Um, they're pesky against us. I mean, kind of. Not really. That's selling it too much. I think Washington is going to bounce back. Um, yeah, Washington's got this one. Washington. Give me right. Arizona. Stan. Arizona. I know I'm not playing. Oh, nice. Play. Give me Arizona. No, I'll, I like this. If you got a, a fun I'll do, pick I'll like do, that. I'll tell you what. I'll do one a week, and it'll be the, like, the. Yes. The, I'll tell you which game is going to be the, ooh, that was weird game. And, like, yeah, I predict you. I yeah, love that. One. I'm going to create a little sound bump for oh, it, great. too. Hits freak pick or something. I don't know. Ooh, I mean, uh, Washington's defense is that. straight up bad, and Arizona's passing offense is straight up good. And, like... Washington may be demoralized, um, and I don't feel like Jetfish's players are going to be demoralized. You know, watching them, I like. I think players like playing for Jetfish, and I think he's going to be like, oh. Plus, the other thing is, their Arizona is doing this alternating pattern where they win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Well, they just came <laughs> up a loss, so they're due. <laughs> All right. I love it, and also it is that thing where um, you know when like. Uh, programs will benefit from the what you think of them at. Like you think of Utah as like this amazing impenetrable front seven, and sometimes they'll benefit off that even if they don't have that mm-hmm. or something. Um, I think in my head, I still think like Washington, amazing secondary. Oh, yeah, and that not, may not be the case. Not true. <laughs> not not, not even close season. to being true. Stanford at Notre Dame. Nerd on nerd we got here. Um, Notre Dame is doing better than what looks like a possible garbage fire. Uh, They are doing better, though. Stanford, I think they're bad. They bad, bad. I mean, they had what could have been a win, their only Pac-12 win, and it didn't work out. Does Stanford play Colorado? That will be interesting. I hope they do. They don't. Damn it! I know two, two oh, different teams who really could have used playing Colorado. Um, both miss Colorado, and those are Stanford and Arizona. Oh no! Wait, Arizona plays Colorado. They already beat them. Uh, somebody else. Didn't oh yeah, about that. That was a forgettable one. Maybe Cal. No, Cal played them too. Anyways, uh, this week, duh. Anyways, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, absolutely. Notre yeah. Dame. President Bartlett would be happy. Um, number seven USC at number twenty Utah. Uh, USC, I, ooh, this is at Utah. This is at Utah. I'll go with Utah. Why not? This is fun. USC. I think you went with the safe pick. Go with the talent. Um, I, I you're probably right, but USC's got to lose at some point. I don't think they're going 12 and 0. I mean, you, USC, UCLA is going to be a great game, but this could be it. They could be losing this one. Final game. Then we got to head out. 
Washington State at Oregon State. Oh, Wazoo. The two uh, Wazoo's the other team that Colorado doesn't play. Oh, there you go. Um, this is I mean, this is a real scrap pile here because we got two scrappy teams. Wazoo at Oregon State. I think Oregon State's just a little bit too bruised and beaten up. I don't think they're going to luck out like they did against Stanford. Wazoo's hungry. Uh, they they got some actual like stuff they can rely on on this team. Oregon State not so much right now. Wazoo, yes, Wazoo lock. Oregon State. Mm, desperate. I like it. I see. I kind of like that pick, honestly. They are playing in the Potato Salad Palace where they are uh, a phenomenal <laughs> team. Wonderful. All right, everybody. And that was the picks. That has been the Quack 12 Podcast. Once again, follow our dear guest, our dear resident film reviewer, at Hithloday1, H-Y-T-H-L-O-D-A-Y, the number one on Twitter. Follow us at Quack 12 Podcast. You can go to our website. If you want to give us money, we'd really appreciate it. You can do that at the Patreon or give us five stars on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on anything. Um, We love y'all. Go Ducks. We don't have a game next week, but we'll still be talking about some games next week. So excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, go Ducks, y'all. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Quack.